right, everybody. How you doing? Dave Donaldson here with Joe Martin, and we're going to have a conversation today. And Joe, why don't you leave us off today? Absolutely. So I'm really excited on this topic for our podcast uh, uh, this week, mainly because um, whether you're attracting talent or pushing your mission and your vision and your value proposition, like all these different things we talk about in business, about like what's our unique selling factor. Uh, and those of you that read the book by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, like this is a throwback. And I thought it was really good during one of my executive leadership retreats this week. We went back to like, how do we articulate our value? Right. And a lot of times it's really easy for somebody, um, no matter what business it is, whether you're selling hot dogs or you're trying to attract a real estate agent or you're trying to find your next client, you always start with what? Because what's tangible? You know, you're like, hey, um, yeah, you should buy your keys from me. Right. Because I make great keys and I've got these this laser cutter that like is amazing. And you never have to worry about like bits and pieces breaking off. And like it's a great key. Right. Your keys gonna last like 10 years with me. So like, you know, buy the key from me. Right. Well, people don't buy, if you, once again, the theme behind Simon Sinek's start with why is that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, right? So if I sit here and tell you how great this key is, and I say, hey, I got this machine, and it's a great key, and you'd be like, and, you know, I'm a small business owner, so it costs three times that of Home Depot. So, you know, if you're just starting with what, then people are going to be like, why am I supporting a small business owner that's three times the cost? Like, I'm just going to go to Home Depot or Lowe's, and I'm going to get my keys cut there because it's a third of the price. So if you start with what people are always going to find, you're going to find it. You're not going to have a unique selling factor, right? You're, you're literally going to be beholden to price, right? Because people can't align with that. When you think about logic and emotions, there's this term that like people make decisions based on their emotions. They have to get to a place in their life or, or a place in the decision process that makes them feel good. There's never, I've at least never experienced in my life, and in any of my sales that like someone goes, yeah, this doesn't feel good, but I'm going to move forward anyway. Like I've yet to have that experience where someone goes, this doesn't feel good yet. I'm moving forward. Right. Yeah. They have to, you always hear someone say this feels good, or I like this, or this makes sense. There's some emotion. There's some feeling. Think about this in your life, right? Like when you start performing, you're like, Hey, did you have a good day today? Yeah. I had a good day today. I feel really good about it. Oh, what made you feel good about it? Mm, I don't really know. It's no, because the, the emotion is never tied to a direct metric. It's not tied to some physical thing that you can hold. It's because there was an experience around it. There was a concept, right? Yeah, that, that, that eliciting an emotional feeling or response from somebody, right? That connection, right? That sets the tone for everything, right? If you're fact-based, I mean, obviously we run businesses and businesses need to run on facts and numbers, but you can't live on those alone, right? There is an emotional capacity that you have to be able to establish that relationship with the people in your world because they're, we hear it all the time, they're buying you or they're working with you. To a degree, yes, and that has value to it, right? But where are you separating that? And that's that, it's funny that you use the key as the intro because that is the key to the front door of those relationships. It's just a, it's fascinating, right? Like if you go back, if you can make an emotional connection with somebody, that'll make them feel good about it. So emotions make you act and logic makes you think. So like if you lead with your logic, there's never, get, there, there's always another logic for something else, right? There's no differentiating on the logic, right? Because I gave the key example, right? If your logic is I make great keys, but then someone goes, well, logically your keys are three times the price of this other thing. Like, why am I going to you? 
there's no reason to pay more. There's no connection. There's no, it's kind of like the idea behind like Apple, right? So what you're really dealing with when you're talking about starting with why we do what we do is you're trying to find early adopters. You're trying to find mavericks, right? Because if, if I'm trying to sell you a key, that's three times the price and there's no value behind why I'm doing that, it doesn't make any logical sense. But if I'm like, hey, I'm the maverick, I'm going to change the way the key game works, right? Like these keys are not only going to help open doors, but like the, the thing has a built-in tracker in it. So like you don't even have to worry about air tags. It's going to have a tracker in it. And the reason we care about that is there's so many people that have been locked out of their home because they didn't know where the tracker, the key was. And I, I had somebody that was like robbed at gunpoint because they couldn't get in their house. Like I have this motion as to why I'm doing it. There has to be an emotional why behind anything that you're trying to drive in sales because that's going to make a differentiating decision inside of the customer's head. You right? know, there, there's a... So Gary V. When I, when I first started listening to him and some of the conversations he has and, and, and focusing around the relationship side of business, this really kind of struck court. Now, it's a factor of age a little bit. So some of us will get where I'm coming and some of us will not, Joe. And when I look at you know a product of the environment that we grow up in, very much relationship-based. If you think about the, the 70s and the 80s, right? We were very communal-based, okay? I would walk into the corner deli right? Not the Acme, not the grocery store, right? Not the Walmart, but the corner deli. And when I would walk in, you know, the guy would know how my mom wanted her cheese slice, right? That was really important. How much cheese, how much bang for a buck. And, but there was a conversation that took place. He would ask me about me and my parents and brother, because he knew them. Then you fast forward into the big box stores of the eighties. And then it was just boom, boom, boom. It's transaction-based. Now, when you add in a layer of today's world of transaction-based with social media and interaction, what you've been able to do is take those two experiences and combine them, right? And that relationship is now expanded upon through the world of social sphere of people all around the world. But what we get to do through those channels is maintain those relationships, right? We can transact with them, but now we're coming from an area of contribution in the relationship side of things of separating our value and not solely based being transacted. That's just the way that is always connected with me, that we have value personally, relationship wise. We don't always have to be face to face because technology allows us to do things from afar, but the relationship hasn't changed. Yeah. It's only changed if we treat them like a transaction and not with the relationship. And I think that's, once people know that there's not a transaction, it's not transactional, they definitely see more value in it. Like no one wants to be sold to, right? Like no one wants yeah. that, but people want to be part of a community. And I think when you start talking about starting with why you do what you do, it's challenging because it's like, it's ambiguous. It can be nebulous at times. Like you're like, I know it's there. It's kind of like culture. Like on one of our other podcasts, like we talk about culture and how it's kind of like ever growing. And there's not like a distinct, here's this here's a pen. This is our culture, right? It's a lot easier if we just said, this is the thing that defines our culture or this thing defines our mission. It's this thing, right? But that's not inspirational. Like me giving you a pen to say, this is our mission is like, there's nothing about that, right? But if like, I'll use the example for like one of the companies that I'm involved in is like the mission is to transform lives, careers, communities through real estate, right? Now, impacting homes and families served is the metric, right? But if I just said, hey, our mission is to 
serve 1,000 families in home ownership. Okay, there's a lot of people that do that. There's no differentiating value proposition. But if I look at transforming lives, careers, and communities through real estate, when someone says, well, Joe, how do you know that, how are you legitimate? I go, well, we served 1,000 families, right? But that's not why I do it. That's just what we did. Like if we didn't do the what, our, our narrative around the transforming lives, careers, and communities through real estate would be false, right? So the thousand families just gives legitimacy that we did it, going back to logic. But why do we do the transforming lives, careers, and communities through real estate? When I think through this, this is the tough part about communicating your mission, communicating your value, your differentiating unique proposition, is think about this. Hey, we sold a thousand families' homes. We transformed somebody's life. As opposed to, we want to transform people's lives because we know that home ownership is one of the differentiating value propositions to create generational wealth. We also know that shelter is one of the best ways to create consistency in a young child's life. And those that actually have a home have stability. And if they have stability, they're actually able to think about thriving as opposed to just surviving. And I can see a life where, where there's a child that goes from rent or living on the street to then having a home where they feel safe. That if they feel safe, they can actually dedicate their stuff to their, their studies and their schooling and taking care of their, their, their other siblings or their parent, right? And that because they have this home that creates a safe haven, they can actually make something better of themselves. And in so doing, they take care of like their house and they get confidence. And when someone has confidence, they're able to actually go out and make a change. And when people come from something that says, hey, I've got a house, and because that gave me confidence to go out and go do something different in my community and to show value in an area that most people didn't see. And that in the career side, that there was actually an agent that went out and said, I'm going to help serve this client getting their first time home to go from renting to home ownership and the gift of home ownership and how it impacts me to get up every day and know that there's clients out there that need home ownership. And they've never had representation or even education on how to buy a home. Oh, and by the way, that's our mission because that's actually what transforms lives. We just happen to sell real estate and we did it with a thousand families. You know, it's different. when we talk all the time, when we look, we're in, a, we're in a, an industry where, where people come in from different career fields quite often. And I think a lot of them hang up sometimes on, hey, you know, I, I haven't sold a thousand homes and that might come across. And I said, you're focusing on the wrong thing. I said, here's the great thing about our industry. Right. People are looking for a reason to connect. Right? And it's not because you sold a thousand homes. It's because of who you are. And when you tell your story and you express your vision and your why you're doing what you're doing, they very quickly don't even worry about how many units have you ever done. Right. Because they're recognized that you're emotionally invested in them and they can connect with you on a level that makes sense to them. And that's the quickest way to build a business is being real to yourself, right? And actually just flat out giving a damn with who you're working with and be passionate about it. The All great the other stuff will just happen over time. I think for those listening, like the, what I wanted to land with this conversation with Dave is that your mission isn't a thousand homes served. That's not the mission, Right. That the thousand homes served brings legitimacy that your mission is being fulfilled. Like if we, if someone said on the street, hey, 
what's your mission? I said, transforming lives, careers, communities. And then they go, well, how's that going? I go, amazingly, we served a thousand families. I don't say what's your, they don't say what's your mission. I say sell a thousand homes, right? It doesn't make, it doesn't have an emotional connection on it. Because honestly, I'm not going to get up every day and say like, I can't wait to sell a thousand homes unless I know that there's some impact that transcends over the unit, right? And that's the piece I think for everybody on that's listening to our podcast is how do you sit down and get an inspirational, aspirational mission and then be able to tell stories about how that fulfilled on a one-to-one basis with your clients and customers or whoever that is that you're serving, right? Because it's how you impacted their lives that people care about, that your company actually did something more than create a profit, right? That you can have a double bottom line around impacting others and having profit because if you don't have margin, you can't have a mission. But if you're leading with, we sold a thousand homes as your value proposition, you're going to lose, Exactly. What you win is inspire people and know that you're in a people business, whether whatever you're doing. And you yeah. have. And that's one of the things I just I think is so incredibly fortunate that we have that because sure there are some that just they just happen they open they close your contract you close you're done but so many more like 70, 80 percent of the deals that I've ever worked on there was something that went on that really kind of heightened the level of relationship that was far beyond helping them buy a house. It's an incredibly an emotional roller coaster for them, right? And you're their guide. And yeah. you're their person. And it's an intense, tense relationship for a seven to 10 week period that they will always remember, right? If you've done it the right way. So to land this plane, Go work on your mission statement and having a compelling story behind it just because your your numbers of multi-year trends are not going to grow your business or make a lasting impact in your customers. So go figure out what's inspirational, what's aspirational, and then what you're doing has more meaning than just a number on a page. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next week.